The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sharon. I'm Anthony Kazenza. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Art19, CincyJungle.com, and YouTube. We're going to get to some listener questions. We do have a, a call on the line from good friend Terrell. Uh, Terrell, are you there? Uh, good. I'm doing good. Uh, well, as good as can be, yeah, I guess. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know y'all just been saying that we got, basically we did get blown out by the Browns and feel like everything crashing down on us though. But, uh, I mean, it might, it might, everything I have to turn around sometime soon though. I mean, nothing, but the same old things with the coach. Um, I mean, there's some downside things with, uh, with Dalton and all that though, but, I was going to say it's uh, if Driscoll goes at least four or two or three and whatever, I mean, you got to at least bring me back at the back up. I mean, I feel like, I mean, he, uh, if he brings some type of life or something, and maybe he even uh, turn, um, turn um, John Robinson to a, uh, I, 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 maybe not a slot because I don't think he's too little for that, maybe, uh, maybe outside and uh, work on his round tree because I feel like he could be Somewhat like the uh, uh, the uh, dang, the guy over uh, with the Cowboys, yeah, I can't work out his uh, name right now. Hey, anyway, uh, and I was at the game when he did come, when Dressel did come in the game, he uh, the receivers they was actually trying to uh, get open, they was actually trying to uh, make a nice, crisp route. And I and I seen it, and I uh, and I feel like they was trying to carry because I guess he carried a little bit, and he knows uh, mixing. Hopefully, hopefully, try to get Boyd uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So real quick before we get you off the air here, Terrell, if Driscoll ends up playing pretty well, the Bengals get some wins. And, and I think this is going to be a topic of conversation in a future episode between John and I, but do you think it's time for the Bengals to move on a quarterback next year? Thanks, Terrell. We're gonna we're gonna get to another call. Appreciate you holding on and and your comments, buddy. All right. That was uh, that was Terrell on the on the line there. So uh, we've got another call, John. Um, let's get to this one real quick. Uh, oh, that one cut off. All right. Uh, if you call just a second ago, you can call back in. Um, very interesting conversation from from Terrell there uh any thoughts on that John I think he, I mean I know he I know he touched on a lot he touched on a lot but I guess we kind of finished with um making Boyd or trying to get Boyd to stay here and I wonder what his relationship is with AJ Green who just kind of went off um uh j- 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 just today on Wednesday about his aspirations of staying with the Bengals and I think that's an interesting dynamic that not a lot of receivers would be so you know honest in that situation i wonder if boyd's kind of wired the same way and if it, and if and if boys kind of kind of take after green and, and kind of had that mindset of you know one team is my goal and you know regardless of you know if i have a better chance to win elsewhere is boy gonna rep- reciprocate those same emotions because clearly the Bengals need him clearly he works so well with green in that sense true and on the line we've got another call uh it's aaron i believe from cincinnati aaron how are you I'm doing, we're, we're, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're, what? we're, we're doing what we can. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, just probably, I want to give my input on uh, the, the quarterback situation that you guys talked about because that was, you know, that they were talking about. Um, I know that none of the teammates would say this because they'll never want to throw their quarterback on buses. You know, most of our guys are too much of a class act. But if you watch how these guys respond to having Andy Dalton back there, like, he, he doesn't drive these guys. Like, it, 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 it's, it's obvious from, like, from the time, like, uh, the game before that, when Joe Mixon is flagging him, telling him to throw the ball because he's wide open in the end zone, and when he calls the timeout, you just see it takes something out of Joe Mixon. The guy's a high energy guy. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a you can tell he's a rhythm guy. You know, uh, in his last game, when he overthrows Alden Tate in the end zone, uh, with that trade pass there, and you look over, pan over to AJ Green, he's even crazy. He's not even on the field. You know, yeah. he's only a pretty point dude. So when he's going, you know, when you see the energy that these guys are getting from him, and then how he completely turns when you just get some new blood in there, I think it's really hard to argue about 
if it's time to move on from Delta. You know, like, we know what he is. He requires too much to be successful. And we, this franchise, not like right franchise, will never give him everything he needs because that starts at the top. Yeah. that better ownership, you know, maybe we'd be more successful. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's how I feel about that guy. But um, as far as, I uh, also had a couple questions, or I just want to see what you got to take for on Marvin Lewis's ability to, like, scout or recognize what talent he has because. Um, I don't know if you guys are watching it. Maybe it's just, you know, I was desperate for anything exciting to watch that game. But, you know, he was talking, he was dogging Alden Tate, you know, that whole week prior to. And Alden Tate comes in and he's like, even catch, even his misses were pretty. You know, like, like they gave me, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's trying. Like, even if he did the incomplete pass, I'm like, God, he, he almost, he was this close from, from making it. You know, catch your there, and you mean to tell me that he's not better than Cody Corn? Like, I'm absolutely mind blown. Like, it, and it, it makes me question other things. Like, if you got this guy sitting on the bench, he's saying he's not better than Cody Corn, and I'm wondering, like, you're saying Lee Jefferson is not better than Harvey Anderson? Like, what? Like, you know, yeah. I just, I have so many questions. But I want to see you guys take on that. Um, I don't know if John can hear me, but if you could, let me know that, uh, I reacted pretty much. Oh, no, we're, we're listening to you, man. We're oh, listening to you, man. My ears are wide open right now. Yeah, you, uh, you, you're, you're striking a chord here. We. Ah, uh, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I appreciate it, Aaron. Yeah, I appreciate it, Aaron. We're gonna take your question off the air here. Appreciate you calling in. Be a regular if you can, and uh, good to hear from you. Thank you. Good points. John, um, and, and I apologize that we had a couple more calls when we were talking to Aaron there, so I apologize we couldn't get to those. But um, really good points, and it's, I mean, it's stuff we've kind of talked about a little bit, but not specifically out in Tate and the comments and all of that. But it goes back to, yeah, player evaluation, but it also goes back to a little bit of Marvin Lewis being this old school guy and practicing the right way and bide your time behind veterans and all that kind of stuff. Uh, sometimes it's, a, it's, a, it's something that is worthy of that designation, I guess. And other times it is completely a detriment to the team. Yeah. And if you bring in a new coach, I guarantee you, he would, you, you would see a, a difference in, you know, when to get guys into the field and whatnot. I just wanted, I just wanted to uh, just briefly uh, talk about another point from Aaron and how, you know, the Bengals have to like, you know, if, if they want to be successful with Dalton, they have to bring in all this talent. And in order, the only way that they want to do that is with the draft. So in a sense with Dalton to succeed, they have to get extremely lucky. And that, 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 and they almost had that in 2015. Then Dalton got injured, and then their whole season got derailed. So I, I, I think that's I think that's something that we all kind of recognize now. That as, when you're building around a limited quarterback, and you don't want to use the tools and free agency to kind of build around the quarterback who's not going to pay that much, you just got to get lucky. And I, I think at this point, many fans are just starting to realize why not just try to go for that guy that can transcend the limited talent on the roster to kind of take you to that next top instead of you know continuing to rely on someone who can't really carry the load yeah and and the team thought they had that and to a certain extent he was that guy in Carson Palmer for for a little bit um 
and then unfortunately, you know, some injuries and other things, he, he wasn't, you know, Peyton Manning or something worthy of that number one overall pick, but he was a guy that uh, was, was pretty dang good. And then the team kind of let him down. And if you watch that, a football life special on him, he kind of talked about basically how he had enough of the team just kind of not doing what they needed to do uh, to make, you know, make proper changes and whatnot to, uh, you know, become a winner. We have another, we have another caller here. Um, it's Andrew from Cincinnati. And then uh, we, we might try and get out of here. We, <laughs> we had a dry spell of, of phone calls the past couple of episodes, and now we've got a bunch of them. So uh, Andrew, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, hey man. Doing? Uh, doing all right. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm just driving home. All right. Crying in my car about the injury, <laughs> but I just wanted to come on and voice my frustration about uh, fans that act like they have it harder than players. I've been uh, on Twitter a lot lately, trying to reply to fans. Um, not reply, just respond to people on Twitter, acting like their life is so much harder than a player's. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts and John's thoughts on that. Well. In in what can you can you give us just a, a quick example of what uh, you're referring like, to? Yeah, like, yeah, like an example. There was a video of John Ron. John yeah. response. I think a a news posted, and a lot of fans were saying in the comments how, "Oh, we'll try being a fan for 20 years." And my defense to that is, they poured their lives into this. Like they do this for a living. They're at the pinnacle of their careers, or pinnacle of, of what they're able to do. Like they're not in. Uh, arena football or in the NFL, so I, I don't think that we have it harder than the players. But I just wanted to, to defend the, the Bengals players in that. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate that, and we're gonna we're gonna take your question off the air, Andrew. I appreciate you calling in, and, and yes, that's the John Ross thing is actually where I was was gonna point to that excellent question, um, John. I'm gonna say this, uh, I. I have seen or interacted with former professional athletes who either themselves or they have corroborated tales of people in the locker room completely being paycheck player type of guys where they do not, they do not care about the success of the team. And these are largely guys who bounce around from team to team. These are guys who um, have been around for a while and they're guys that you could probably guess based on their personality, if they've been in off-field trouble, whatever. You can probably guess some of these guys. But there, I, I love that Andrew brought up the John Ross thing because if he wasn't going to give a specific example or that example, that's where I was going to go. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I think it's either Brandon Seho or Jeremy Roush uh, who posted I, – I can't remember exactly who it was on Twitter, but one of the local Cincinnati media guys posted a, a locker room clip, a post-game clip of John Ross that I thought was very interesting – Saying that, yeah, it sucks for not. Here's the thing to me, John, and I want to get your take. I, I'm, I'm hogging the mic here, but yes, for fans, it stinks to watch the team lose and watch the team lose year after year and not take the next step. But not the thing that struck me about Ross's comments was not only does it stink as a player, you put in this work and it's the physical work, it's the mental work, and you're doing this, you know five to seven days a week, depending. Um, it also, he mentioned the fact that they feel it for the fans. Yeah. They, fe they, 
they feel that the onus is on them, that they owe it to the fans to play well, to put a good product on the field, et cetera. Yeah, and to, for starters, the, the, this, is, this is like the main issue with sports fandom in general. It just makes people crazy. It gives them these crazy perceptions about themselves. It, it, it gives them this, this entitlement of their own ownership in the team. It's, it's all ridiculous, and I hate everything about that and everything that stands for. But I think what those fans and, and on those Twitter threads are always missing is that for some players, football wasn't like – it wasn't a choice for the play. It's like I have to be successful at this because if I don't, then my family isn't going to be able to pay, to pay off their home. They're going to go on welfare. Like, like this, is, this is the avenue that God put me on this earth to do to provide for my family. And that's always why some players are going to be more prioritizing over just staying healthy, getting the next paycheck, making sure it goes back to mom. And that's why players are so reliant on college scholarships and just, you know, preserving their God-given abilities to make sure th that this dream comes true because it's so important to them. And for other players, you know, who, you know, for the AJ Greens of the side, uh, on the side of things where, you know, they're, they're a little bit more, you know, properly set up and they have more, you know, you know, humble, you know, goals of team aspirations and wanting to win for the fans and all stuff. But every player is different and every, you know, certain aspirations of why they're playing the game is different. But in the end, you know, they're the ones on the field playing in front of millions of people. And if they lose, they're going to get hate for it. Whereas you and me, we will go back to our daily lives, like, you know, and worry about more important things. This is just a one day affair for us as fans, just watching the team. These guys, they dedicate, like you said, their entire life, their entire bodies and their careers, potentially a, a decent amount of their lives after the game to do this because they love it. And they get, you know, and they, they can get hate for not, you know, putting up enough fantasy points or for not going to the playoffs a, a, after a few years of, you know, going there consecutively. And it, it's just, it's just not comparable compared to when you're looking at players and fans hardships when a team struggles because these guys live it and breathe it and they have to, you know, suffer what we all say, you know, you know, to, you know about their struggles and they kind of have to absorb and go with emotions and how they respond and, you know, absorb that. It's kind of up to them, but it's just, I perf I completely agree with Andrew. It's a stance that I'd be willing to talk about for an hour if I needed to, but just to end with that, like it's not comparable, get off your soapbox. You're not in a worse position than the, than the player when it comes to team success. Yeah. And you know, imagine most of us work either nine to fives and or, uh, for, for you and I, we work on the site and we work on this podcast and all that stuff. And I can tell you, you know, when we, when we write something up on Cincy jungle and maybe people don't agree. And especially this time of year, when the Bengals are losing, people get real testy in the comments section of stuff. Um, and they're easy to credit. They, they are, uh, quick to criticize our writings and our opinions on, on certain things when it regard, when it, regarding the Bengals. I can tell you that's, that kind of get you're like, ah, you know, that kind of gets under your skin a little bit. Just imagine on your own home field, 65,000 people booing you uh, into the halftime tunnel. Uh, so, I mean, you're doing your job, and in the middle of your job, if you or people, not even you, if other people you're working with are not doing well, 60,000 people are booing you. Um, I mean, that that's kind of what, what comes with this. Now, granted, they get paid a lot more than 97% of the world, but you know, I mean, that that's not an easy thing to deal with. I want to, I want to end with this and, and I want to get your opinion, John, 
Cincinnati fans, especially Bengals fans, are can be quite cynical and quite brutal to the Bengals. There's a lot of reasons why, and a lot of them are right. And this is kind of playing into a little bit of Andrew's opinion here. Do you buy into the fact that when this team isn't doing well in a particular game or a particular stretch of games and they're on their home turf and fans boo them off the field into the halftime tunnel, do you think that that goes into the player's psyche? Um, or do you think it's just kind of like, uh, whatever, these people are never going to be happy. And, and it build it kind of, can that stuff snowball on them? And, and do they buy into that? Oh, here we go again type of thing. Or do you think it's just kind of like, uh, whatever they tune it out. I think it just depends on the player, to be honest with you. Like for a guy like perfect, you know, who's plays with such emotion, you know, at least, at least he used to, or especially Mixon, who's, you know, more of a younger guy and not used to, you know, playing in Oklahoma, he's not used to losing that much. I think for those specific guys, it kind of gets to them and kind of rallies them to do a little bit better. But again, you know, there are some players who are just, you know, you know, they they give it their all because they're part of the team. But at the end of the day, you know, that 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 next paycheck, that that next contract is is on their minds because because you know they they feel obliged to provide, and that that's fine. That's perfectly reasonable. And and if they don't, you know, absorb you know, that, that fan criticism in the way that fans want them to, in, ter- in terms of, you know, rile them up and get them to play better. And then, then, then that's whatever, you know, it, it's completely up to the players and about, about how they take it personally. You know, I, I haven't really been, I haven't been to a Bengals game in like three years. And I, I you know, I, obviously when I was there, you know, I experienced, you know, people boot all the time and whatever, but you know, like, like booing, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just, I wouldn't do it because it, you, it, there's just a certain perspective that you kind of have to have when you're watching these professional athletes, you know, sacrifice their bodies for for your entertainment. And that kind of goes back to like the entitlement that fans kind of have, you know, w- w- when they feel like they're they're a part of the team, whatever. And they they may feel like you know they're booing because they care and they want them to do better. But at the same time, yeah, it can probably definitely you know mentally damage a player in terms of you know, especially like a guy like a boy here, someone who just constantly struggles and knows that most of those boosts are for him and it might, you know, break them down, make them worse, or it could build them up and make them better. It, it really kind of just depends on the player, I think. Yep. Such is the vicious cycle with the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to to the callers. I, we had a couple more. I apologize we couldn't get to them, both time constraints and, and having some other calls just couldn't allow us to do it. But call us next week. Call us in future episodes. We want to we wanna have you back, and we want to thank you for still – Tuning into the, the program, still downloading the program, even though the season has not been going very well over the past couple of past couple of uh, weeks or months, really, with 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 this team um, started off so promising, and then you know whatever you mentioned, just ironically, John, you mentioned uh, the last game you went to was a couple of years ago. Same with me, at least in Cincinnati. The last game I went to, ironically, was the home opener against the Broncos. Hey. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then now, uh, gosh, I guess it would be next, not this Sunday, but next I've got tickets to go to the chargers Bengals game in LA. And yeah. Yeah. I'm actually debating if I'm going to sell those or not. I, I can imagine a Rivers jersey is that expensive. You know, you can cop one. Yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, my brother, my poor brother, he he bought like six tickets to this thing. Uh, he spent a small fortune to this game, taking all his kids and stuff. And uh, I, mean, I mean, the Chargers aren't that uh, not used to you know having the having their home crowd kind of taken over by opposing fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'll have to let you guys know how that how that goes. But thanks to everyone who called in and to uh, those who submitted questions. We had a bunch. We just couldn't get to all of them this week. We'll try and get to more next week. Um, very, very grateful uh, for the for the interest uh, it, that, that our listeners are showing. And you can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Art19, at CincyJungle.com, and, uh, and on YouTube. And join us live every week that, if you can. Thanks for tuning in. I don't really have any final thoughts. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the calls and all of the interaction in the live YouTube chat. For John Sheeran, I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We'll see you next week, and there's probably going to be a lot more interesting topics to talk about then. See you next time. listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.